Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the wall. Good morning. Did you hear me on Watch Talk Radio? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, restoration, revival, and resurrection power. So good to see you guys. God bless your heart. We're still... Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Wonderful to be with you today. And if you're joining me early as the early bird catches the worm on Facebook or YouTube, you're seeing the wonderful smiling faces of our dear friends, Brian and Kathy Gray. God bless you both. How are you today? Yeah, how did your appointment go yesterday? Oh man, man, I, I, my, you know, I have a funny story about going to dentists many years ago. Um, before I was a pastor, my, my pastor, our Paul Carroll, wanted to help me save some money, so we were in San Diego. We said, let's go to Mexico and get it done. So all right, let's go. So I went to Mexico. He took me into an office, and I remember I sat in the chair, and all I heard were they were knocking walls down next to me. There were drills, and then all of a sudden he's working on my mouth, and. Uh, I didn't get any anesthetics. I didn't get any, you know, anything to numb anything. And all I know, this guy was pulling on my tooth. Now, Paul told me before we got there, he said, the measure of pain you'll feel will be to the measure of righteousness. I had so much pain. Oh, uh, you know, so I thought, man, I I was in so much trouble. But anyways, I'm, I'm sure you had a much more pleasant experience than I had. Uh, That was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. The last time I went to the dentist was when I got out of the Marine Corps in 1988. So uh, there was a reason for that. Absolutely. So let me keep saying hello here to everyone. Let's just make sure we have a good audio check right now, guys. Keep on speaking into that. Hello, good morning. 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Say that again. All right. It sounds like leche, something to do with milk. No, more like good pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I love good pancakes. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. And I do hope that you're being heard here this morning. And to our friends, yes, loud and clear. So we know on Facebook and YouTube we have a loud and clear. And hopefully on Blog Talk Radio uh, we have a loud and clear there as well. Uh, we were on the air yesterday while you were in your appointment. Uh, we missed having you both out here. Everything seems to have changed so rapidly, such an acceleration of events all over the world from American satellites being jammed and attacked by Russian and Chinese troops, the Ukrainian-Russian, uh, you know, face-to-face uh, confrontation with NATO forces stepping in over there, a school shooting in Oxford, Michigan, where three children and a fourth has died now as a result of that classroom shooting with the idea of disarming the American citizens of their Second Amendment rights. And then we had the two major Supreme Court cases in Mississippi with a threat of a Congresswoman, Mrs. Shahi, who is threatening a revolution if you ever dare stop letting us you know, commit mass murder. And then, of course, the, the big Ed Jeffrey Epstein case is going on, and we go on and on and on. Just so many things are happening. And, uh, you know, yesterday I just kind of, you know, cried out from Leviticus chapter 26 about, you know, what I felt was happening from a biblical perspective. And I remember several times through yesterday's broadcast, I thought, gee, I wish Brian and Kathy were here. We'd be talking about some other stuff maybe. But um, anyways, uh, your thoughts, what is on your heart today? What do you want to say to the body of Christ? And what direction would you all like to move in on this Thursday morning? into that. That's amazing. Thank you. 
Gotcha.
right. So you you both are standing outside of the United States of America. I mean, you uh, are seeing things from outside the forest. You know, it's hard to see the what the forest from the trees or something like that. You're outside, and when you listen, when you hear all the things that are going on in this country, when you stand back and look at it, how is this Marxist globalist agenda at work in the United States? How do you see it moving to bring this nation into the same position maybe as an Australia or an Austria or, you know, a police state or a totalitarian government or whatever it is? How do you see that working here right now? Is there still resistance? Is there still a bastion of liberty and freedom? Or are all these things that are happening, you know, from your perspective, just bringing this deeper and deeper into, um, you know, that control, that globalist agenda you're talking about? It's, uh, part of it is due to our own ignorance as a nation as, in terms of what, uh, you know, what Marxism actually looks like. You know, and, and what we learned in school was we looked at the Russian Revolution and we saw this violent revolution, this revolt of the proletariat against the bourgeoisie, you know, working class against the capitalist class. But what people don't, don't really realize is that the, the Marxists themselves realized that, that their, their violent revolution failed bring about the desired utopia that Marx and everybody prophesied. And, um, and so what happened is there was a, a school called the, the Frankfurt School in Frankfurt, Germany that was formed. And it was where the Mar- basically failed Marxists got together and said, okay, well, how are we going to go about doing this? And, and they, what they determined was that a violent revolution wasn't really the best way to do it. So what they, what they needed was a cultural revolution. And, and you know, they needed to do they needed to gain control of uh, the, the power structures, political power structures in, in the nation by changing the culture, changing the cultural perspective. And I think I mentioned the last time I was on, I mentioned Cleon Skousen back in 1963, came out with 45 points of the communist plan in the United States, you know, and it had to do with education, religion, all the, all the different, you've heard of the Seven Mountains mandate, right? With, with, uh, Are they any longer Christian nation? Oh, Patricia's sending signals from the sideline. Uh, somebody's asking her, are you all, are you any longer, uh, are you talking about Honduras or the United States, babe? Where you are. So uh, are you any longer in Honduras a Christian nation? Was it ever considered to be a Christian country? The previous president, the previous administration made abortion outright illegal here. And so there's been a revival. A revival began around 2008 when we first started coming down here on short-term mission trips. And, and so the nation has been, has, been, um, has been evangelized. It has not been discipled. But they did, they did make abortion illegal and, and uh, I mean, completely illegal. And, and that it would require a 75% majority vote overturn it. And one of the things that this uh, Ziamato Castro, President Ziamato Castro has, has um, sworn to do is to change the abortion laws and to relax. I don't know if she'll change them all the way back and make them as, as, as liberal as they are in the United States, but she has vowed to do something to change it and make abortion accessible in certain cases again. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, that's really... evangelized and so what you have is you've got this, this just 
about the innocence guilt culture, the honor shame culture, the power of your culture in the world. So what would the culture of the kingdom be like from your perspective? How do you view for individuals like myself, yourself, and others around the world? We, we're, not, we're not to be a part of any of these cultures on earth. Our culture is the kingdom. 
Um, and, and that doesn't take away, you know, I grew up in Israel and I'm a Hebrew and I have a Hebrew culture. But when I'm born again into the kingdom, there's I have to bring my culture into it for some purpose. And what, what is the kingdom culture? Well, first off, the kingdom culture encompasses all three. Okay. God is ultimately because of we acknowledge his power, his sovereignty, his omniscience, you know, and, and um, the beginning and of wisdom. Yeah, and then there's, there, there's the honor shame. There's like, I don't want to, I don't want to dishonor my family. I don't want to dishonor my church, my brothers. I don't want to dishonor my God. Amen. First and foremost, you know, and then, and then, but, but I think the very root of it is, is innocent guilt, you know, it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And so there, there's this, uh, I mean, ultimately Jesus came because of sin. He came to be a propitiation of our sin, and he came to restore creation to its original state that it was in the garden when it was stolen, when, when, when he was beguiled by the serpent. And so, so yeah, so I think all three are in cold. But at the same time, it's, it's, uh, it's transcendent. It's not... Jesus said, my kingdom is not, is not of this world, True. you know? So therefore, that's why we, we want to be aware. We don't want to be ignorant of the, of the wild of the devil. We want to know what he's up to. We want to know the direction things are going in. We want to know the signs of the times. We don't want to become enmeshed in them. We want to be able to rise above them. And, and, and that's one of the biggest challenges for being a, a missionary in a foreign nation is to be able to, like, get people to realize that they need to step out and here's your culture i understand how you see things honor it, but we have to honor it you know which means you move very very slowly because you have to become accepted within within and become a part of a community in order to be able to have the credibility to speak into the community and so but it's ultimately about rising above you know, amen
chapter 14 verse 17 I mean this is Paul writing to the church of Rome obviously and he said this and I wonder if this is not part of the kingdom culture and that was well said for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost is that the kingdom culture is it a spiritual environment And it is a system. I mean, there is a government. There is a king. I mean, it is a culture, a government, a system. It, it's all of that uh, with a sovereign Lord on the throne. Hallelujah. And thank God we belong to his kingdom. Some questions 
for Brian and Kathy, maybe some comments, things you'd like to say. I know yesterday uh, our dear brother, Pastor Michael V., uh, was going to be here for you guys, and he wanted to get on the air, and he wanted to see you face-to-face and for you to see him because he was in Kauai. He lived there in Kauai and Hawaii, and he's been listening to you guys, and so he was going to be here, and then it didn't work, and he's not here today, but maybe he's listening, um, and there are, you know, those that are tuning in right now. Maybe uh, if you have a question or a comment, or you would like to just talk with Brian and Kathy today and, you know, pick their brain about something and talk to them, I have never asked them a question that they didn't have a great answer to. So uh, the number to call, obviously, is 818-369. And they're not just making up those answers, by the way. They're good answers. So 818-369-0326. We're going to keep that line open for the rest of the broadcast. So 818-369-0326. I'll put put it on the board right now. And you can press 1 on your dial pad. And that'll bring you right into the broadcast. So question, comment, you want to call, talk into this broadcast, ask them a question, something important to you. You'd like to get their, uh, their biblical perspective, their spiritual perspective. Um, this would be a great time to do that. And, of course, in the comment room, if you have any questions or comments you want to ask in the chat room, make sure to do that. Um, you know, we've known Brian and Kathy for a few months now. And we're just beginning to build this relationship, and we're getting together once a week, and we're enjoying the conversation. And, um, you know, there's just – and we always begin it kind of the same way. Wow, there's so much going on in the world today, and there's so much going on in the kingdom today. Um, And we try to explore all of that. And uh, But I just feel very strongly that some of you out there today need to call into the broadcast. Uh, You need to address Brian and Kathy, speak your heart to them. What is, you know, what is your sense about what they're doing? Uh, originally, the intention of them being in Honduras was to be missionaries. They are missionaries. Um, and let me ask you guys this question right now. You've been there for seven years, I think, is what you said. Four years. Four years. And you're, pro- you're getting ready to travel back to the United States. Is that correct? And how's that going? Just started packing today. You leave Monday. No wonder why you have that big smile on your face. Yeah, you guys look very happy today, and you always do. But so you're packing up. Are you happy about going? Uh, yeah, I'm happy about movement, and and I know there's not, you know, it's not perfect back, you know, at where we're going back to, and there's a lot of sad things that are taking place, especially in our family. But um, I'm just happy that there's movement because I feel like we've been in the wilderness for a long, long time, and um, I just need uh, I just need some movement to get out, you know, and and, uh, so. and we don't know what God's got next. It's, I don't know. Yeah. That it's been really challenging because uh, you know we're going back there with a one-way ticket because we don't know how long it would take to uh, to uh, take care of some of the business that we have to take care of, and we're planning on coming back in uh, January here, and we pay we're going to pay two months rent on our apartment, and we're leaving everything taking a bunch of other little things, and so, but there's a chance that um, you might not be called back here, but we feel like the Lord has said, you know what, one step at a time, get to Kauai, and I'll show you what's next. Amen. So our whole life is here. We're yeah. everything here, and it's fine. 
And, and, and you never know in this volatile world. Uh, Danny Gonzalez is writing in right now on the Facebook page, and you're getting a, a lot of good mornings, by the way. I don't know if you guys see the comments or not. Uh, but Danny Gonzalez is saying, facing COVID passport mandate, uh, more Swedes get microchip implants following Sweden's announcement that the coronavirus vaccine passport requirement will be put into practice. The number of people who got microchips inserted under their skin rose according to local media. According to Digital Cultures researcher Mal Peterson, around 6,000 people in Sweden have so far had a chip inserted, inserted in their hands. And I think Danny would like you to speak into that just a little bit because you're going to be traveling as well. And you never know if you're going to be in a place where they say, well, you can't travel without this passport or something to that effect soon, right? Where do you see that going, Brian? I, I mean, I can't. I'm amazed. I, I think what, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know, I see the connection. I see the plan where the World Health Organization has a plan to incorporate blockchain, which is what cryptocurrencies are based upon, into um, into the vaccine passport and make the vaccine passport a blockchain secure uh, thing, which makes perfect sense from a logical, pragmatic point of view, right? And then I, I talked about the fact that Microsoft actually has a patent for, for body-activated crypto-based currency mining, meaning the things that you do, you earn money using crypto. And it sounds like a great idea. They actually have a patent for it, right? And then there's the whole entire plan with the Global Futures 2045. There's a website you can go on where they, they have a plan to, uh, to uh, basically download everybody's consciousness into a computer avatar sounds absolutely insane, but ultimately it's like we talked about the movie The Matrix one day in, in a church service, but it's literally creating a matrix. They're actually thinking they're going to do this, you know. And so there's also there's also an app it's called the Coin app that you can get on iOS or you can get it on Android, and you can actually earn cryptocurrency by doing these medium little silly fast playing these games where you can enable your location and actually earn cryptocurrency by, by taking steps, by exercising, by traveling. So it's already in place. And now we hear, I, I knew this week had been experimenting with chips for a while, but now I just saw that same thing yesterday where they have people are actually incorporating their vaccine passport into a chip. And, and this is where we're going. So this, this is completely, this is the mark of the beast on the way. They're building the infrastructure. We're not going to see the actual mark of the beast until we actually see the actual Antichrist, and we need to pay attention to what the events that are taking place in the Middle East and determine who the Antichrist actually is, because that's when it will be revealed. But, um, it's, but, yeah, I mean, it's totally, 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 yeah. Okay. Now, uh, that's just the beginning of this conversation, I'm convinced. And I want to uh, – we've got a call coming in. I've not seen this number before, so let me – Grab this out. It's coming in from area code 313-797. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. you have a question or comment for Kathy or Brian? Yeah, my name's uh, Jim. I'm calling from uh, a spot in Michigan. I I was wondering if we could uh, actually pray. I'm a little confused. I I hope I'm not expelling too much. Um, the other night I was watching TV and my son had one of his friends over. And um, I walked in on essentially him fornicating in front of the TV with his friend. 
Hello? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So call in from Michigan uh, about, a, 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 I guess, a father. Well, let's keep on with the conversation here. Go ahead. So you see your son doing something in front of the TV. What else do you want to say? I, I'm, a, you know, the whole antichrist going on and everything else. I don't exactly know how to approach him, I guess. Okay. Okay. All right. So pretty tough situation. All right. So pretty tough situation. Um, coming in from Michigan, prayer was requested, and they were not hearing anybody on Blog Talk Radio. So uh, let me find out what that was about. Let me let me just work with this a little bit. So uh, go ahead. The caller in Michigan, you guys just went through a rough spot. So let's uh, continue your conversation, please. Uh, I was mainly looking for maybe a, a little insight, I guess you could say. All right. Well, we'll give that to you right now. Let's see what uh, – what do you do, Kathy and Brian, when you are in this situation and you're a parent, you step into the house, you see your children fornicating in front of the television, you don't know what to do as a parent? That seems to be the question. Yeah. Yeah. And the not siblings. Right. Yeah, what I'd like to do is I want to shift – uh, I'm not sure. I think that caller needs to contact us offline, off the air about that situation. I, it's a distraction from where we want to go. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we could get that in there. Um, no doubt. I think we could hear you now. Can't hear the caller. Okay. So, again, waiting for those calls coming in. Area code 818-369-0326. And I'll explain this later when we get off the air about that particular call. So getting back to uh, the vaccine passports, getting back to what's happening, I thought it was very imminent. Uh, what's the new variant called? The Omicron? Omicron. Yeah. Omicron. Uh, very interesting that they skipped the two Greek letters, the new, the N-U, and the X-I. And because the Z, the X-I, was the president of China's name. Now, Brian, Kathy, this goes back to Revelation chapter 13, that the mark of the beast and the number of the, uh, uh, the number 666 is the number of a man's name. And then we studied how in 600, it's the chi, and the 60 is the Z, the XI, and then the six is the stigma. So the number 666 is the chi, Z, stigma, the man's name is right in the middle of the number. And we talked about the mark, the karagma, being a sharp instrument that pierces the, the skin or a microchip uh, or something in the arm. And people are wrestling, oh, it's the mark of the beast. Well, it's not the mark of the beast. And, you know, that would be way too obvious. But the way things are going, are we literally witnessing the administration of the mark of the beast with people that are getting microchipped? or implanted from your perspective? You know, I, I don't know. And, and the reason why I say that is because the Antichrist hasn't been revealed yet. And my understanding, this is my understanding, and anybody's welcome to correct me, but this is just what, what, what I seem to be getting, is that we need to identify the beast. We need to keep our eyes focused on Matthew 24 and, and Daniel chapter 12. And, and Revelation 13, right? And, and uh, when you see the abomination of desolation, 
Brian, it's just me. Great conversation, and we're going to go deeper into it right now. Remember, the number is on the screen, 818-369-0326. Questions, comments, we have a caller from Michigan, wants prayer. We will definitely do that. Danny Gonzalez gave you an amen out there. Uh, So let's go a little deeper into this. Now, folks, you're out there right now. You have opportunity. You have a very well-studied individual, and uh, Brian and Kathy are that one. And so questions, comments, speak into their uh, reality, they are one. They, they love that. So the number again, eight one eight three six nine. Yeah, babe. Okay, let me bring you into the broadcast, Patricia Joy. So here we go. You're going to get a big question from Mama Pat. Here you go. All right. So Patricia Joy, good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air. Good morning, dear husband, and good morning, Brian and Kathy. It is wonderful to have you on the air. It has been a highlight of our ministry in many ways. And so I'm not only thankful to you, but I thank the good Lord that this took place. But I do have an incredible question, I think, because I never truly understood it. And I was hoping you can help me with it. And this has to do... In 1959, I witnessed as a little girl, Khrushchev speaking before the United Nations and the General Assembly, and he told Americans 
that the Soviet Union would feed small doses of socialism until you will finally wake up and find you already have communism. And uh, he also delivered the prediction, and it was prophetic, that America would uh, be, uh, be definitely dealt with, and he banged his shoe on the podium. My question to you is, how was he able to know that that would be fulfilled? Khrushchev, yeah.
as they did. You know, and even and Prescott Bush, George Bush's father, he was actually prosecuted for collaborating with the Nazis. So we have this whole entire view of, of history where, where, you know, so many times, and it's kind of like what Kathy was saying earlier, it's like we think we're being patriotic and the intent of our hearts, you know, and, and our desire is, is, is pure and, 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 and it's good. But we don't realize that because we have a lack of knowledge of how things actually work and you end up becoming used as pawns. And, and you, you mentioned um, the Hegelian dialectic yesterday, you know? And it's just the same thing. It's the Hegelian dialectic. It's, it's, it's thesis, antithesis, you know, coming against each other in conflict in order to bring about the, the synthesis of something completely different. And we see that happening to classic Marxist strategy that is being used with black against white. Um, you know, the, it's not like the left. These people really are pro-transgender. They just know that that'll, it will... Another way to create this fight, you know, riots and violence and conflict. And while we're busy beating each other up, and, and while we're busy getting into a civil war, like what looks like that we're headed for potentially in the United States, they're just that is just going to be a tool, a means to their final end, which will be the implement a, a global world order. You know? So we go back to kingdoms. And Patricia, did that help you? Did you get your answer? Yes, in fact, beautifully informed both of them, and I believe the Lord had them in the right place up on that mountaintop to receive information necessary for the times we're in. And, um, yes, it, I, I have been helped by it, and it does confirm. Thank you. All right. Great question. That's coming from way back out of the blast, man. We're talking Khrushchev <laughs> banging his shoe on the table of the podium. And everybody was laughing, I think, in that clip when he did that. Everybody in the United Nations was kind of laughing. We're going to take America without a shot fired and all that stuff. Um, you know, we know scripturally, biblically, that Satan is known as the god of this world. And he had this ability or this ability to give his kingdom to Jesus. He said, you know, bow down, worship me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms. And so kingdoms come and go. But getting back to what you were just saying, Brian, the long-term agenda that began in the Garden of Eden at the fall of man was for Satan to come to a place in Isaiah 14. I will be his God. I will be worshipped. I will ascend above the stars of heaven. So the whole idea in the book of Revelation confirms that for a moment, a solar eclipse, if you will, uh, this Antichrist, this devil, this Lucifer, this Satan, will actually come to his great grandioso dream of being the God of this world where all the people of this earth will worship him. Literally, they will worship him whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So it's not just a 40-year agenda or a 100-year agenda. This is a 6,000-year agenda of the satanic mind of the enemy. Amazing. Yeah. True. Amen. That's the great reset. So I just I kind of laugh when I hear about the great reset because that's just another satanic counterfeit of what God's ultimate plan is going to be. That is so true. I, you know, don't we thank God that we're living in a world where we have hope in Jesus Christ? Um, let me just say uh, to our friends out there in Facebook, YouTube, guys, I hope you're hearing everything clearly. I've been asking, but I'm not getting any feedback. I hope we're doing okay on Blog Talk Radio. The only way to figure that out, Patricia was just on. 
Uh, we want to make sure that everybody's hearing on all different mechanisms. You know, this is just part of the warfare. This, ha- this happens once in a while until we get it all worked out. Um, <clears throat> all right, so questions, comments, 818-369-0326. And then make sure you to press 1 on your dial pad. Um, we were talking about – this seems to hit the nerve right here. Uh, you're getting Brian Cathy, great, excellent, anointed prophetic teaching also maybe – uh, Pastor Vince can email a copy of that word he read off his phone. So good, November 28th. Not sure what that is, but we could do that. Um, <clears throat> yes, we hear. All right, good. So we're getting a good a good call. The thing that struck the nerve today, the thing that I just saw things popping, was that in what was it? Uh, not Norway, Switzerland, Sweden, where people are actually accelerating and getting a, a an implant in their bodies um, because this is part of the vaccine passport. Now this new variant that they're touting, I was listening very carefully the last few days and they kept saying, well, we'll know in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks. And it's almost when I was starting to look at their eyes when they were saying two weeks, it was almost like they were sending out a signal. How quickly can things change in two weeks in this volatile atmosphere that we're living on upon planet Earth. Brian and Kathy, can you speak into that? There's no limit. I wake up every day wondering, you know, what's going to happen, you know. Every day, yeah. one day at a time, you know, you know there could be an EMT. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You know, that's instant. You're stuck, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, that's, that's why it's like, you know, a man makes his plans with the Lord directs his steps, and you better make sure it's the Lord that's directing your steps right now. Brian and Kathy, you're right on. And, you know, yesterday it was, I was sitting here, I was talking, I was thinking about Nazi Germany. And, you know, it's easy for us 80 years down the road, wherever we are close in time, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, just, you know, uh, back there in 1930s and 40s, this happened. And, you know, you're the leader of Iran will say, no, that never happened, the Holocaust. But everything in history tells us this happened, that there were Jewish people that were caught in a snare in a located in a, in a particular location in Germany. OK, and they were caught and six million of these captured people approximately were slaughtered. They were killed. It was something that the world stood back and watched and heard of and viewed to some degree. But again, as usual, well, if it's not happening to me, then I'm really not not that interested in it. But the more news that came out and the more reality, now we go back in history and we realize what happened. Well, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. and And the unique thing about the Bible is that the book of Revelation says that it's a global reality. And so what is coming on this earth is not going to be in an isolated place over there where I'm disconnected from it. It's going to happen in Honduras. It's going to happen in Europe. It's going to happen in Asia. It's going to happen on the islands of the sea. Something's coming that Yeshua warned us of that he said it will come like a snare on the whole earth and they will not escape. And it's, it's as though it's we could see it because thank God we have the Holy Spirit and the word of God. But it's still kind of imperceptible. It's kind of, well, it's there, but could it be? And we're, we're kind of questioning, what is the wisdom right now for God's people uh, seeing, witnessing? It, it is still preparing, isn't it? And what does that preparation involve? 
I'm just saying that's a real life. That's a real way of living. Uh, detailed, uh, just real quick, 
Danny Gonzalez again, Indiana area, talking about what could happen in two weeks. He said anything could happen. Trigger words mentioned all over the place. Just last night, they said that the asteroid 4660 Norris has been classified by NASA as a potentially hazardous asteroid. The asteroid monitor of NASA has predicted that it will come close to the planet on December 11th within a two-week period. So again, anything could happen. happen. But the watchmen do see. Well, no, please finish your thought. talking to people listening. Um, I, I think if we left the program right now, we said, okay, goodbye. We'll see you next time. We would probably get off the air and say, yeah, but we didn't really give them the hope that they needed. Uh, we didn't really share the good news of what, you know, what's beyond all of this. And sometimes, you know, this is very interesting to me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, work this out in my thinking. You know, Jesus told everybody exactly what was going to happen. I mean, he told them, Matthew 24, Mark 13, the book of Revelation, he, he lays it out there. And we do have a tendency to say, okay, that's true. However, here's some good news. Now, in 70 AD, when the event actually happened, the other side of it, well, there's good news beyond the storm, really didn't take place because they actually were now going through what they were warned And perhaps they didn't prepare for it because the message of, well, there's also good news, took preeminence, and it caused them to prevent themselves from really dealing with the harsh reality that is coming. And sometimes I feel like, you know, the harsh reality of what we're witnessing through a biblical lens right now at the signs of the times is very real. We all know that beyond that, we have heaven. Our names are in the book of life. As long as we stay the course, we don't get ourselves into that apostate condition, betrayal, hatred, the love of many waxing cold. I mean, there are some serious things. Uh, I was just reading this morning how Peter was looking at Jesus saying, I will never be offended. I will never deny you. I will never. And all the disciples were going, yeah, we won't either. And Jesus looks at him and says, really, you don't know yourself too well. Because before the cock crows today, 
uh, you're going to deny me three times. And I think a lot of people in Christianity are feeling like, you know, even ourselves, well, I'm all in with Jesus. I will never deny Jesus. I will never, ever, I would rather die than do anything. But we don't know what these times are going to confront us with. We just don't understand because there's a, there's a, a protection against that level of understanding of what's coming. We don't want to deal with that. We don't, we don't want to really get into the depths of that. We always want to leave the comfort zone. But that truth that is there will always be there for those who love Jesus Christ. That's a reality. But we're facing things that could potentially rob us from that if we're not careful, if we don't allow ourselves to see things properly. I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but help me.
know, and, and uh, I just remember attempting to do that in uh, mission school about answering the call to missions. And um, it was like, it took weeks and weeks for me to, and during worship to lay down every single individual, my, my family members, my loved, and actually go through, you know, our relationship on the floor in tears with them and letting them go, you know. And it, I went through every individual, and, you know, and later, you know, I would pick them up. Years later, I would try to pick them back up and, you know, and try to um, step in and try to control a part of their lives so they wouldn't crash and burn or something, you know, whatever, just that control thing. But um, counting the cost is something that we all need to um, do as Christians. That's probably an, that's an incredible message, counting the cost. And that kind of ties in. Do you guys ever feel... Um, or have you seen, and, and, and again, this is observation because it's getting down to what we're saying. Sometimes it appears that pastors or leaders of churches, um, they may inject a hard saying once in a while, but predominantly in order to keep the people coming, um, they will not remain on a reality that is confronting, even while it's happening all around us, they still don't want to show the people because they don't want them to leave. And on John chapter 666, John chapter 6, verse 66, the triple six, Jesus is saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're walking away from him because they're saying this is a hard saying. And he didn't turn around and say, well, wait a second. There's another side to this. Hold on. You're going to be okay. He doesn't do that. He's just talking about very real deep things and it almost appears to me that pastors won't go there and stay there to equip the people to deal with it until their fear is gone until they get some tough skin until they realize hey this is going to happen and you know we need to be preparing for this um and maybe laying your life down does it ever appear that way to you that people are coddling their kids Just to keep the people coming. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, you know, I think it's multiple, multiple reasons. You know, I mean, there are pastors who are, they are hirelings, literally. It's, it's, this is their job, and this is, uh, and they're afraid, which is nothing wrong with being supported as a pastor, but it's like, when, when, when it comes down to, like, you're compromising truth in order to get more money in your coffers, that, that's a big problem, you know? Um, and then I think there's just the fact that pastors are they're part of the culture, you know, and we have cultural Christianity, which is just like there was cultural Judaism back in Jeremiah's day, you know, and, and wow. everybody, when Jeremiah came through and, and, and he was that, like, I mean, I, that's what I feel like I am so much of the time, you know, uh, like I'm a voice of Jeremiah, and, and we're not the times of Elijah, like these things, these are the days of Elijah, these are the days of Jeremiah, somebody needs to write that song, and, and uh, and I think it's just Ecclesiastes 1.9. It's like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that, that, that you see done has been done before. And we just see the same cycles playing out in, in, in human history over and over and over again among human beings. You know, God is on a linear trajectory from the fall in the Garden of Eden all the way down to the, to the restoration of the kingdom of heaven in Revelation. But um, as, as far as human beings and our daily interactions and daily lives, we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different 
That's what I think what we need to be prepared to endure. 
You know, I, I had something really important I was going to say, but I started sweating while you were telling the story, and I've lost consciousness because I'm reliving, sitting in a chair, and the moment they start, man, I, I tighten up, and the sweat starts pouring, and it's like, oh, God, help me get through this. They're doing their clean. I hate that stuff. That's so bad. That's really, really bad. I'm so sorry you went through that. And to hear crack, that's like, that's one of the worst things you could hear a doctor say is, oops. <laughs> So, and what's amazing, Kathy, is that he's sitting here today and he's acting like he's normal. I'd have been three days on anti-painkillers or whatever they are. And, you know, not that I've done that in 30 years, but 
I mean, that's rough stuff. And you're here talking, Brian. That's awesome. You are a Marine. You are a Marine. I love that. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. Wow. Marcus Lamb died two days ago. Um, it's a reality check for a lot of people. I met Marcus and his son, Jonathan, a few years ago, as I said yesterday. And it was true. We there was a golf thing and met them, talked to them about my story being on the Teton Mountains. Um, I don't know the man. I don't know anything about him, what his life story is, what's behind the scenes and all that. All I know is he died at 64, a man that created quite an empire, um, quite a, uh, a massive network that was faithful to at least talk about the vaccine issues going on. Uh, now is being slandered because he was a Christian. Oh, my gosh. He was a Christian. He was against anti-vaccinations. Look, everybody, look what will happen to you. You know, the left is so. Anyways, <clears throat> he's dead. Left behind his wife, his family, his wealth, his riches. He took nothing out of this world except what was in his heart. The truth. The truth is what he's going into eternity with. And it is a sober call. Because we're realizing now, you get to a point where you start looking around and it's zero fear-based, but you get to that reality. My pastor used to say, you know, I want to take all the people in our church to uh, the court system. I want to show them. I want to take them through hospitals. I want to take them to graveyards and show. And if the Lord waits, this is where we're heading. You know, let's not pretend that this is going to go on forever and ever and ever in this setting. Death which is an enemy, which I fully agree, my wife and I, Patricia, and our fellowship and a lot of believers around the world, you know, we believe that the potential is there to be alive and remaining when the Lord returns. And that would be wonderful. But you see things and you see how this is coming. If they loose right now upon this earth a variant, if they loose this thing and they let it rip, and what the Bible talks about, you know, in the time of judgment, you're going to see death everywhere. And either we're going to be under that Psalm 91 blessing and that covenant of the blood, or we're going to start seeing things um, that should give pause for sobriety. Am I really prepared in my heart to meet the Lord? Please, final words before we go.
mm-hmm. love the picture of the, of the new temple in Zachariah, you know, and the, and, uh, Zachariah 48, you know, and Ezekiel also. Ezekiel 48, I think it is. Mm-hmm. 47. Yeah, temple. Love it. You know, and, it's, uh, and that's the eternal perspective. That's, that's where we're headed. That's what we need to have our eyes focused on. And, um, oh, by the way, with that, Brian, just a quick interjection. Thank you for sending that article. I read it with Patricia, the full and, and complete article with Art, and that was that was awesome. Thank you. That was very encouraging. Uh, for, yeah, keeping that eternal perspective is so important to everything. Um, just because our limited time right now, we've got some errands we've got to run. My daughter's actually coming into town today with my granddaughter. I'm so happy about that. Um, would you all offer a prayer? Would you just pray for everybody that's remaining with us today? Close us out with a prayer, whatever God puts in your heart. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that you went to the cross, Lord God. Thank you that, that we don't even, we can't even begin to comprehend the depth of place on that cross and then after and then your resurrection, Lord God. Now you're seated at the right hand of the Father and you have all the authority of heaven and earth. The only authority that the devil has, the only authority that the kingdom of hell has on is the authority that you permitted, Lord God, either for your, for your judgment or your discipline, Lord God, or just to bring, bring everything that's prophesied to full fruition. Lord God, we just, we just pray for anyone here that is feeling discouraged, Lord God, anyone that is mistakenly hearing about these words of endurance that we need to, that somehow that they're sending doom and gloom and and feeling despondent, Lord God. We pray that you would give them a fresh vision of what the kingdom of heaven looks like, what eternity looks like, and the eternal grace that you sent, Lord God. And I think that they would abide in, in the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, just that they would not be disturbed, Lord God, that they would be at peace in the midst of these things, that they would keep their eyes on the events of the world so that they would know the times and the seasons, Lord God, but keep their eyes focused on you and to walk in your peace, Lord God. Pray that everybody, any decision that they make, Lord God, would be that they would be guided by your peace, Lord God. Let peace be be the guiding guiding emotion, emotional response that determines whether it's your voice or not, Lord God. We just thank you for everything you're doing and everything that you're going to do, Lord God. We, we try to see it, we try to foresee it, we try to get a picture of what it's going to be like, Lord God, but but we, we don't really know, Lord God. That we just put all of our trust in you and we strive for Thank God that we just walk with Kirby, less of us and more of you, God. That as we see these times and the, you know, the signs of the times and the seasons that are coming upon us, and and uh, we're close to the end of the book, but God, that we have this great hope that is alive, God. That we can focus more on that. Lord God, as well as know the times we're in, that they're so equally important, God. That there is hope no matter what, God. I thank you for for guiding us and showing us the things to come. And I thank you, Lord, for that bond of peace that you give in the body of Christ and brothers and sisters, that God, that we walk in your supernatural peace, God. We can encourage one another. We can admonish one another. We can
we're doing here. We just want to give you all the glory. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Beautiful, beautiful prayers. And may God bless both of you, Brian and Kathy, in your journey, as you're packing, as you're moving. May the favor of God be upon your lives. May angels escort you from one place to another. May every demonic strategy to uh, bring opposition or interference be bound in the name of Jesus, that God would send before you that spiritual power and truth of the holy angels of God to clear out of the way all obstacles. Lord, we thank you for directing and guiding Brian and Kathy to their destination and show them, Lord, place by place, show them one moment to the next, Father, and make their joyful journey joyful. Make it a joyful journey. Let this be a moment of release and uh, just bless them, Father, with your presence as you go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, you two wonderful people. God bless you. Safe journeys. And let us know where you are next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. If that individual is really there with us, uh, let's put your uh, your email address out there again. I think I have it right here. Um, it's right here. Isn't that it? Mission at GreyHope.com. All right. So uh, if you're out there, if you were asking that question from Michigan and it was uh, from your heart and you needed to uh, get some real counsel, make sure you give uh, Brian and Kathy a shout. You could text them or uh, email them at mission at grayhope.com in Jesus' name. And that too, under the blood of the Lamb. All right, guys, that's it. Shalom. Arrivederci. Sayonara. We're out. Adios, amigos. All right, very good. All right, remember, it is the first week of the month, December. And if you would like to support this ministry, please do so. Uh, We have a way that you could give to the ministry right now. One of the easiest things, there's a P.O. Box there, P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. Thank you for mailing your gift to the ministry, New Wine Ministry. Uh, That's where you would send it to. And just note it, this is for the radio broadcast. Or if you want to just give a gift, you're welcome to do that as well. Thank you for your giving. Uh, If you want to give online, you could do that by simply going to omegaradio.org. It's right on the screen, www.omegaradio.org. And you can hit the donate button and the giving button. You'll find your way. You could also, if you just want to text in a gift, you could actually get on your phone and you could text 41088OMEGA and then type in the word give. It's right there on the screen, 41088OMEGA. And then just type the word give. And may God bless you in doing that. 41088, lowercase, O-M-E-G-A, Omega, all one, 41088, Omega. Type in the word gift. Thanks, guys, for everything. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. This is Pastor Vincent Xavier. You've been listening to The Watchman here on Omega Radio, Facebook, YouTube, and Blog Talk Radio. Shalom.